This is Victor Seal and welcome to the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. The Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast is an entrepreneurial podcast for Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who wants to be in charge, have the confidence to challenge their economic realities by leveraging digital tools to create wealth and an unshakable mindset. My guests on the show are of Ashivas, risk-takers, doers and entrepreneurs from the diaspora community worldwide and key people of interest that I learn from. I am an advocate of moving to Africa to build Africa while creating recurring revenue digitally. The Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, on our website www.diasporachiefs.com forward slash blog and other major platforms. Click the follow or subscribe on your favorite platforms to get notifications on latest episodes. My purpose is to inspire exponential living using digital entrepreneurship. So from Victor Seal, I would say, be great and happy listening. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast 2022. This is going to be an amazing year and we are starting off with audacity. You know, you know, sometimes we we wait for validation. Sometimes we wait for people to give, to give us the, you know, the go mark. You know, we, we wait for family and friends. To just to give us the pep talk, but you know, it doesn't always work like that. So this year we are kicking off without anyone's permission. We are kicking off with no respect to traditional stuff. We are just going and we are going, and this is gonna be an amazing year for us. And to kickstart it, we are speaking to Nikia Bone. She's all the way from New York, living in uh, in Amsterdam. For the past 10 years now and she just realized that she needs to like do what she has to do and kick up the entrepreneurial spirit in the midst of the pandemic can you believe that so i would not waste your time anymore and um she was published in business africa online last year that's where i got to like know about her and they will be chatting for some time now and also she's um she was a former senior UX advisor, you know, and a consultant as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me not waste your time anymore. Let me bring Nakia in. Hello, Nakia. How are you today? Hey, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm very well. Compliments of the season. I can see your dog popping up his head there. <laughs> <laughs> he's out, he's involved in all the conversations. Good, 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 good. I hope, I hope it's one of your, or she's one of your muse, male or female? It's a boy. His name's Pepper. Oh, Pepper. All right, all right. Yeah, he's spicy. He's spicy. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Well, first off, Happy New Year. And yes, welcome to 2022. We got good things coming. Um, yeah, well, your introduction was spot on. So I'm originally from New York. I lived in LA for quite some time. Um, but I've been here in Europe in, in the Netherlands for over 10 years. Um, I used to work in advertising, have a background also in tech, did a bit of copywriting. And, and yeah, and now I've decided to become an entrepreneur in the middle of the pandemic crazy timing but you know i i think that this was just the right time for me um yeah and and now i'm making ice cream Ooh, ice yes. cream. yeah <laughs> you know yeah, you know they say ice cream 
one scoop a day saving the world, you know? Well, I felt like the world needed a little something sweet right now. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because given the time that you started, oh, come on, it's not, it's not a good time for, for, for everyone, but you started something sweet. You know, yes. Of this. Why was that? Yeah, well, you know, I really never thought I would ever be an entrepreneur. I've always worked in the corporate world, really thought that my plan was to just keep seeking promotions, moving higher and higher up, making more money, and then, I don't know, retiring at some point and going on with my life. Um, and that kind of strategy makes you really comfortable you know you get really comfortable in in the process and the day-to-day -day, comfortable having a salary um and and maybe the ancestors would shake me up and be like how could you walk away from all that money girl um but at the end of the day i really felt like i wasn't fulfilling my life's purpose doing that i was very good at my job, I had a lot of credibility, a lot of respect. Um, many people really were disappointed when I decided to walk away. Um, and many people kept trying to pull me back. But because of the pandemic, um, because of a burnout that I suffered from living that type of life, I really felt like there was a moment that just happened for me where I had to make another choice. And truth be told, had it not been for all of these negative factors that happened all at once, I might not have been brave enough. I might not have had the audacity enough to just say, you know what, I, I have to try something new. How did that feel? Because, you know, most, um, I understand from one of my guests I interviewed last year, says like in Europe, like over seventy five percent of us, we hate our jobs, and we don't not 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 hate, but we don't really find you know fulfillment in what we're doing. So how did that how did that really impact your decision? Yeah, well, I loved my job. I I really loved what I was doing. I I still have a passion for UX and tech and. Yeah, and I still do consulting around that, but it wasn't the job itself. It was in part the environment that I was in, but more importantly, as I said, it was the, the lack of, of purpose. When I stepped away from my day-to-day my -day job during my burnout leave, I had a lot of time to reflect on asking myself the question, why am I doing this? You know, and I don't know if people spend enough time thinking about that. You know, I, I just kept focusing on how to do better and how to do more of what I was already doing and not really asking myself, but why? And really because the, the uh, pandemic had hit, that I had more time than I was planning for to really think in quiet, to really live a bit of a slower paced life, where I started to then get the answer to that question, which was my purpose was not there. And sure, maybe I would have continued to succeed and to do well and to get more promotions, but what was that actually going to do for me 
and my fulfillment and yeah, my own personal growth. Hmm. You know, the pandemic, the pandemic gave gave us so such a rude awakening that yes. you know the path that most of us are towing, or for people who are a little bit more aware and who could actually stop themselves and ask that question, why am I doing what I'm doing? was really like a huge shock. Okay, I can't continue on this path and expect things to be different. So I needed something different. I think that's what you actually did, if I'm getting what you say right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I had two choices here. Well, I had more choices, but I had two core choices to make. It was either one, focus on recovery to go back to the life I had before, which would have been a very fine life, don't get me wrong. But I chose option two, which was to try something different because I, I was in this sweet spot of having something I've never had before, which is both time and money at the same time. This never happens for people. You, you tend to have an abundance of one or the other, but rarely both at the same time. And that really was the blessing for me to even have the opportunity to make this choice. And I felt like it was a signal from the universe, from God, from whomever you want to name here to, to actually answer the call to try something different. I actually can't hear you at the moment. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, good. Just um, taking my, my mic just went twitched there. Yeah, true. That is really a blessed moment for you to experience that because not everyone, this is stuff that people dream about having both time and money at the same time. You know, people dream about this and um, and you made, you made this flip of going to create your own, you know, your own, little heaven called uh, through this kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how, so what did grandma say about that? Oh, well, grandma Judy passed away back in 2009. Okay. Um, but I am certain that grandma is smiling down on me every day that she sees me pushing this forward and, and making this dream come true. But my family, however, they are, you know, it's, it's heartwarming to even talk about how much this means to my family, to be able to see photos of my grandmother, you know, on my, my social media feeds. And, you know, I use this as an opportunity to also tell stories about her, how she inspired us, me, and um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's allowing us to really bring back some really happy memories of the past. And um, it, it just feels good to have my family feel so proud of me. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful moment, man. Wow, that is, that is really beautiful. I wish, I wish, I'm praying that most of us experience, experience that because not everyone who goes on this journey gets the full support or some support of some type from family members. And that is a huge blessing for Absolutely. you. Yeah, for you and your and your journey. You know, and you went you went out in the middle of the pandemic. And, and also not just starting out, you also 
get your Kickstarter going? How did yeah. that make you feel? Oh my God. Well, if first off, I had no idea that it was going to be so much work to drive the Kickstarter campaign. Um, but the worth, the work was worth it. You know, I got some advice to keep the campaign short, which definitely increases the pressure because it was a 30 day campaign and every day of that campaign, I was on the grind, hustling, talking to people, sharing the story, explaining my goals. It became another full-time job for those 30 days. Um, and I was not anticipating that. But that said, I think the effort that I put into it really paid off with a successful campaign. I reached the goal just one day before the campaign ended. So it was, it was very exciting. My, my mom at home was watching the, the page because there was a little graph that showed just the numbers going up and up. And every day she would call me getting excited because we were getting closer. So yeah, many people out there were, you know, watching and rooting for me. And yeah, it just felt good to have the community lifting me up. So these are these are things that don't happen every day, and uh, for yeah, them to be yeah. happening to you, yeah. I think if you did not take the step, or that that if you not if you did not make the move, do you think what do you think would have happened? What do I think would have happened? Well, this is a good question. Um, there's one thing I know for sure, and it was I wasn't going to go back to doing what I was already doing. I, I spent a good year reflecting on all of that. As I mentioned, the, why am I doing this? What am I trying to strive for? What is the goal? What happens if I reach it? All of those questions. And I came to a conclusion after lots of thinking and many months of reflecting that that wasn't going to be the way. Um, so I do think that entrepreneurism was definitely the next thing for me. Whether or not it would have been moving into the food industry, probably not. You know, I, again, have so many years of experience in, in tech and advertising that it was clear to me that that was something that I enjoyed. And most importantly, I had, you know, credibility within that, that um, sector. So I probably would have just focused on um, what I'm doing now on the side, which is consulting, um, you know, helping smaller startups or even larger startups or larger companies with, you know, building strategies. But yeah, again, what would have happened as that next step? This is this is a very good question. And it's almost impossible now to think about what would have happened because I'm just in the beginning of what is now happening, you know? And every day I seem to get a new signal that keeps just telling me that I, I've made the right choice. It it just it's it's a moment that I've never experienced before and I really hope that other people get the opportunity to to also see. 
Wow. And, 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 and the thing is, you are far, you're far away from home and you don't have these, even though you have the credibility, you have the, um, you have the contact in your space, but the thing is, you're far away from home. You know, people, people kind of, I'll say you are a diaspora because you're not in your home of, um, where you, your birthplace. So you are a diaspora and moving out from your home and coming to Europe and creating stuff now. I think that, that, that safety that people feel it's not, it's not really there, but you know, you take the first step and the next step, which, which, which you are calling signals, but the next step appears, you take the next, you, you, you step on that signal and another one appears. So you don't really need to see the whole, the whole road, but you know where you're going, but you don't see the whole road. You know, which, which is something that I really, really must commend you for taking the bold step. And you know, the audacity to start something, which is very courageous. Yes, thank you. Um, and thank you for saying this because, you know, I think I've grown so used to being outside of, you know, my safe space, which is the bubble of home and my family that sometimes I, I forget how extraordinary it is to be doing so much without a safety net. And I also know that there are a lot of other people out there who are probably in the same boat. Um, everyone responds to this differently. And I don't know, maybe in some ways, my experiences have built me in a way that allows me to, yeah, just keep pushing forward with, without that safety net. You know, like I, I've lived on my own since I was 17 years old and my mother moved back to New York when we were in California um, when I was a teenager, but she moved back to New York when maybe I was in my early 20s. So I lived far away from my family, even as early as, yeah, being 22, 23 years old. Um, then I moved over here to Europe, been here now for, for some time. And yeah, I, I definitely miss that, you know, being able to just go to a family member's house and having a home cooked meal. Like I haven't had the pleasures of that in a long time, unless I go home and visit, of course. But yeah, I, over the years have just built this layer of, I don't know, toughness to just say, you know, this is the situation I've chosen. This is the life that I'm living. And just because they're not here with me physically doesn't mean that I don't have the support of them emotionally and spiritually. So when we talk about audacity, I, I guess I tap into that, knowing that I might be physically alone here, but I have a whole group of people behind me who love me, who support me, who constantly keep really encouraging me and championing me to, to keep moving. And I really feel like I do this not just for me, but for them, for other people who don't have the opportunities that I do. It, this is bigger than me for sure. Wow. That is, that is, so, that is so impactful. 
That's so impactful. And um, we kind of miss it sometimes when when we don't see or we don't have the opportunity to be around family and friends and we we this we just feel alone. Not lonely. Yeah, is he alone or lonely or you know? Yeah, you can switch the words however you want to switch the words. Yeah. My meaning. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, don't get me wrong, because through this journey, there have definitely been feelings of loneliness and being alone. And and again, you know, this pandemic has not helped that whatsoever. You know, I, you know, there were several months that we were all just locked up in our homes and we have friends, even if my family were here, there, w- w- there was a time where we couldn't even see people. Yeah. So... So yeah, this whole experience has really just taught me another meaning of being alone, loneliness, kind of tapping into the strength that you develop and build from, you know, those those moments. Wow, that is great. So just um, just running up now. I just want to take your. Is this um, this. I don't know, this book from Russell Conwell, which I can tie into what, you, uh, what you're saying now. It's a book from Russell Conwell. There was a speech from him, which talks about um, acres of diamonds. Yeah, so, and I, think, and I think that is what you just did now, using Grandma's Study, Grandma's Study's recipe, you know, because we all, we all have these... Um, we all have, uh, as diasporas, we all have grandma's studies um, ingredients in all of us. Yes. You know? So if you wish, which is what the speech is talking about, that if you look around you, you will definitely see something that you can tap into. So yes. yeah. how did you, how would you advise, sorry, how would you advise diasporas, women, girls, men, who are outside of their, their family bubble or the comfort of their home country, how do you advise them to tap into this? How did you tap into yours? How do I tap into, you said the, that feeling of the, of the grandma today, the inspiration, that's what you mean? Yeah, no, 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 okay. You know, there's a recipe, grandma's uh. recipe which is in the family. Right. Yeah. And we all, we came from backgrounds whereby we have um, different golds and diamonds like grandma's to this thing that we can actually tap on. So how do you figure out that, okay, you know what, ice cream is it? Ah, I see. Um, yeah. You know, this is going to sound silly or maybe it's not, but a little part of this really feels like divine intervention in a way that I've never experienced in my life. Um, I guess first it's important to, to talk about how Grandma Tootie's fried chicken really not just changed my life, <laughs> but the lives of many. <laughs> um, I think diasporans can really relate that we all have this dish, this thing that we like, that when you just take one bite, it's transformative. 
it takes you back to your childhood. It takes away all your pain and all your anger and just really, yeah, gives you this feeling of just, ah. <laughs> and her fried chicken was that for many people. And even to this day, when we talk about it, it still is. So I always knew that if I ever did anything with food, that this recipe had to be a part of it. And um, yeah, in terms of the ice cream and how the two came together, for me, I am not the biggest fan of, of really sweet desserts. I like when a dessert has more of like this balance of salt and sweet, kind of like the dish of chicken and waffles. That's why us diasporans love the chicken and waffles because it's got that sweet, crunchy, just that ooh <laughs> that we that we love, and um, and so I I just kind of thought about ways to bring that same flavor that you have in a plate of chicken and waffles into the ice cream. So I had started by making the maple ice cream, adding bits of the waffles, and sprinkling the chicken skins on top was not the first attempt. I actually tried it with bacon the first time. And I have to tell you that one's really good too. <laughs> but when I tried it with the chicken, it, it just really went to the next level. And the first person who actually really tried this was my mom. <laughs> she was here visiting me and I didn't tell her what it was. I just brought her the, the bowl and said, tell me what you think. And she took a bite and started crying. And I asked her, what's going on here? And she told me that she could taste her mother's cooking in that dessert because I do the, the chicken skins in the same recipe as grandma made the fried chicken. So all the flavor from that fried chicken was there in the ice cream. And when she said that, that's when I knew that I had something going. Yes. Yeah. She said that every black person out there is going to eat this ice cream and think about their mother or think about their grandmother and be sent back to this time where, yeah, life was just easier. And Again, you want to talk about a signal, my friend, like that, that was it. That was it. That was when I knew that it wasn't just me and this crazy ice cream idea, but really it, it was going to create a feeling. And that was not something I was expecting. See, that is, that is just back into time. Yes. Yeah, East Coop is like a uh, like a time castle where it takes you to the actual roof. Exactly. So to go full circle back to your question, like that's the advice I would have for others that you know if you if you've got this recipe that that does that that gives that feeling of nostalgia for you for your family for you know people that you know that already is the first sign that you're onto something good. And when you put behind that purpose and more importantly, the storytelling angle, why is it important? How did you become inspired by it? What does this actually mean to your family and others? 
you are going to talk to at least, or you're going to reach at least one person out there who can relate to that story and likely many, many more than that. And it's just so much so that even with my story, that's why this has been spreading so authentically that people read this, they taste it, they can relate. They have a grandma Tootie in their family too, and they feel the experience through it. Okay, so how do we get a taste of it? Is it, is it, um, is it the <laughs> bread and butter or how do you get a taste of it? Yeah, so here in Amsterdam, I sell it at two retail locations at the moment. And if you visit my website at tootieskitchen.com, um, on the where to find us section, you can see the two shops. But coming soon, I'm also working on being present on more delivery platforms and um, hopefully starting my web shop soon where I'll actually sell directly from the website. But at this current moment, it's only available in Amsterdam. I'm really sorry about this. I'm trying very hard to get this beyond the borders, but it's very challenging to do logistics with ice cream because it melts. So if there are people out there listening, by the way, who know of ways for easily shipping ice cream, being able to get this up and running in other cities, then yes, I please contact me because that is the only thing that is stopping this. But we will get there, my man. <laughs> Definitely we'll get there. We'll get there. I want to reach you, if you want to reach out to you, um, you said um, to this kitchen.com and um, yeah. Yeah, on your social media, where? Yeah, so um, my Instagram handle is Tootie's Kitchen. Same as well for, for Facebook. I'm pretty sure, well, actually, we do have a TikTok page, but if I'm honest, I don't manage the TikTok page. Um, so I, I don't remember the handle, but I believe it's also Tootie's Kitchen. Um, and yeah, and you can find all of our, you know, information about flavors and giveaways and just all sorts of fun stuff. We really try to keep all the social media channels lighthearted, inspirational. It's filled with yummy, delicious photos. So yes, please check it out. Okay, great. And if you have one, if you had one last word for for those who are sitting down on the fence of doing something this year. What would you say to them? Uh, don't wait. The time is now, really. Um, I think we all are, you know, you, you tend to wait for this perfect moment for things to be better, to have more money, to have more time, to have more this and that. And that moment is never going to, to come, really, because something I've learned from the last year and a half is Life is meant to solve problems. There isn't going to be a time in your life where you're going to be problem free. If that is a thing like, well, just stay tuned because a problem's always right around the corner. And the truth is, is it is part of life's journey to figure out how to solve problems and to move from one problem to the next. That is how we find growth. That is how we find strength. That is how we evolve. 
And most of the time when people are waiting, they're waiting because they're looking for that opportunity where these problems go away. So I'm here to say that that's not going to happen. The goal <laughs> is to find a way to make the opportunity in the midst of wherever you are at that moment. And as you're building this thing, this idea, this whatever it is you're trying to do, just start small. You know, we, the expression Rome wasn't built in a day is really a thing for a reason. And it's to say that, you know, if you just look at one step at a time, that's an achievable goal. And you can celebrate those, those milestones as you achieve those small goals. And if you keep just focusing on one step at a time, I swear to you, you will get to the end of the road. Yeah, you hear it from Nikki and Bowen there. See, don't overthink this. Just get up and do. Yes. Get up and do. And um, to all the doers this year, I wish you all the success that um, that you deserve. You know, and also to Nikki, I wish you, I wish you more. I wish you cross border success soon. You know. Thank you. Yeah, we're seeing you in Tesco's, and uh, you know, half, half. Our, um, our local food shops and fridges very soon, and we'll be looking yeah. out for goodies. So, guys, don't get, don't forget, get in touch with um, just go check to this kitchen.com and um, uh, on the Facebook and Instagram to this um, at to this kitchen, you know, and um, just interact with her, ask her any kind of question you want to ask her. Do you manage your social pages yourself or? No, actually, I have a wonderful, wonderful woman named Lorraine Masamba who does my social media. She is a social media expert and, um, and a marketing manager. So I entrusted her because I have to be honest, I really am not a fan of social media. So I work with her because she is a genius at this stuff and enjoys the platforms. And yes, thank you. Shout out to Lorraine with Mo Concepts. She is the reason why I have a social media presence to begin with. Um, yes. <laughs> you, you, just made, you just made a wonderful point there because so, I don't know, people kind of get stuck because they feel they can't manage social media themselves, they can't do this, and they feel they have to do everything by themselves, which is another like roadblock for people. It's That's a stop right. time for them. So you don't need to do everything yourself. You know, take it from Nikia. Just get in touch with her. Take it from her. And she's also a consultant as well. So for startup and large corporations. So, you know, she's giving us so much so much words of um, wisdom of grind of hustling and putting yourself out there being ready to fail as well so you know have fun and this is the beginning of the year let's do the hard stuff so that the end of the year will be like easier for us so nikia thank you very much for sharing your success story with us thank you so much i feel blessed to have had this opportunity to talk about this today Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And guys, don't forget, this is the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. And, um, you know, we are here just to talk about success stories of what inspires us and our dreams. So put some, yeah, dream, but remember to put some foundation on it and just keep going. 
you know, and then for me and the Diaspora Chiefs, we'll say we'll see you again. Have a nice day and compliments of the seasons again. Bye for now.